If you're the kind of dad who tells your kids to bring it in in the morning, and then afterwards you do a one, two, three break, then this is the podcast for you. Dad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. We are the podcast celebrating Dad, wherever Dad may be, whatever Dad may do. Welcome to season number eight, episode number five. We're calling this one Dadspiration. Our guest today is Coach Jim Johnson, basketball coach and motivational speaker, and of course the author of A Coach and a Miracle, Life Lessons from a Man Who Believed in an Autistic Boy. Can't wait to hear about his stories. Hey, that story actually won an ESPY a number of years ago, and the story still holds weight today. My name is Adam D. Right now, it is my great pleasure to introduce my very, very good friend and podcasting partner. He is the bagel and schmear after a very long fast on Yom Kippur, and he's our birthday boy. Uh, Coach Randy, hi. Uh, Adam D., you had to go there. Happy birthday, go. my friend. Thank you very much. I don't know, Thank at what much. age do you stop you know, enjoying your birthday? You know, when, when you stop having those parties at Chuck E. Cheese, is that kind of the deal? <laughs> well, let me see. Uh, I stopped my, my last party at Chuck E. Cheese was two or three years ago, so that's pretty much, you know. Okay. Yeah, and, you so know, I, I didn't 50s. go because I don't go to Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, no, because... It's a policy. It's a yeah, rule. It was it's pre-pandemic, so... Well, that I always also feel that even before the pandemic, Chuck E. Cheese was like the uh, ninth circle of hell. Yeah, no, but you, always, but you, have, you at least have to have one for your kids. No, it's, uh, it's, it's another day, mm-hmm. um, but you just... Uh, another day above ground is, is a good day. <laughs> Every day is a gift, right? Yeah, and you just make sure your name's not in the obituaries. Did, did you do anything fun with your family? I know it was midweek, right? It was, it was actually uh, Friday. It was Friday. Mm. Uh, so my Fridays are always pretty light. Uh-huh. I think my Friday's light when I can if I'm not speaking. So I kind of had an easy day. I um, dropped my daughter off at school, um, took Piper on a uh, nice little walk around the the reservoir, the pond, which beautiful, is nice. Beautiful. Then uh, came back, went to uh, get my haircut. Looks good. You know, saw, went, shout Sharp. out to Betsy. Shout out to Betsy, right? Betsy. Uh, so she took care of my hair, so I look uh, human again. Yeah. And then uh, I bought a, a pair of sneakers. That was my birthday present I, to me. They look good on look you. That, yeah. You know, look at that. And White you know, Brooks sneakers. Uh, and they didn't give me a free bowl of soup. Go figure. <laughs> no, well, but, what, what do they say in vacation? Mm-hmm. Where... Uh, the, oh, the white, sh- yeah, the white. Sh- they, they, you know, you said they look so good on me. I yeah. thought I'd get you a pair. Get you a pair. No, yeah. you shouldn't have. No, you should really. Have. You shouldn't have. No, but I went with Brooks this time. Shout out to Brooks, um, just because I I've heard a lot about Brooks and Fantastic. so I bought a pair. It's uh, I'm excited. And then we did uh, hibachi. Ah, okay. Hibachi wow. and got a little ice ice cream at uh, Last Licks. I'm doing a lot of shout outs to some people. So. Yeah, a lot of local businesses yeah. are getting uh, free plugs here. Free plugs. And a lot of national have... businesses like Brooks are getting free plugs, although I had a pair of Brooks at mm-hmm. one time, and yeah. they are, they're just an incredible shoe. You'll love the arch support code. Yeah, well, that's what I'm told. Yeah. So, uh, that, and that's, that was You're going to need that now that you're a year older. <laughs> a year older. Uh, and my niece. So that was, that, was my, that was my day of birth. So you're not like one of these, I got to go bungee jumping, I got to go skydiving, yeah, no, I got a bucket list item. Yeah, I don't necessarily have to do bucket lists. I just... I make it very easy on my family. I said, listen, I don't yeah. need gifts. I just want a phone call, at least a text message, you know, hugs and just the love of my family. I don't need anything big. That's that's not me. But it was nice. I got a nice little message from you. Yeah. And I shut out. You know, I was able to uh, watch you deliver uh, the Haftarah. 
Ah, on uh, Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, so that was a pleasure. Uh, mazel Tov, for, for those of our listeners, that means congratulations in yeah. uh, Jewish talk. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we thank you for letting us break the fast. So it was a... It was a good birthday week, I have yeah. to say. It's good. Yeah, it, it's always wild when like a, a holiday like that just mm-hmm. it comes smack dab in yeah. the middle of the week. Yep, and it's uh, throws everything off. I always say if you know you 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 really want to punish the Jews for their mm-hmm. sins, and you know Yom Kippur is all about yeah. atonement. Atonement. I'll um, hate. Have them not eat for twenty six yeah. hours. And uh, I, I think even the Chinese food restaurants were closed. They're like, why are we bothering? Why are we bothering? Why are we bothering? No, it was, uh, you know, it was. Actually, an easy fast. I thought it was pretty easy. It went pretty quickly. You know, it's always good. Uh, but that, the, actually, the true bonus about my birthday on Friday, four baseball games. Four Major League Baseball yeah, games. Yeah, four Major League yeah. Baseball games. And yeah. that was that was just yeah. awesome. And the, the night before, we had a, a softball game, Bree's team. Bree was, like, on fire. We, we won. We won and, a game. Now, you're saying that, like, it doesn't happen too it often. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And not just do we win a game, but I... And I did. I was a, I was a mensch. I didn't run the score up. One would think a score of twenty two to six would be run the score up, but we we didn't run the score up. No. We, we did it right because it could have been a lot worse. And did you put a lot of your bench players in, or do you not? We have we had players? we we had ten players. Oh, really? Everybody so you had plays just enough. To... Everybody plays. So, wow. Okay. Uh, everybody had a chance to play, but uh, that was fun, and uh, that's all I need. That was uh, that, and uh, um, uh, just a, a nice nice nap in the middle of the day. I- so you're gonna need those. Yes. Yeah. And just one, just one nap. Right? Just one nap. Yeah. So that was nice. How was your week? Yeah, it was good. You know, it started off with a comedy set up in um, Elmwood Park, New Jersey. Yes. Which is uh, up up the Parkway for me, and uh, at a at a place called the Boulevard Bar and Grill. Yeah. And it's truly a bar and grill, and for its size, which mm-hmm. is relatively small, there is a lot going on there. There's like. Uh, a Texas Hold'em poker game going on in the back room, so they're shouting there. Yeah. And then there's people who are at the bar watching comedy, but they're also watching mm-hmm. baseball. Yeah. So, you know, you, they're cheering, but maybe they're not cheering for you. Yeah. Like, why would they cheer for a comedian? Yeah, right. Because they're. So, that's so funny. But it was a great lineup of comics. Uh, a lot of new comics. I have a nice network of comics, but there's a few that I had not met mm-hmm. before, and they were at that show. I was mm-hmm. definitely the cleanest. Of the comics, and that's not even saying much. You say you're cleanest that you took a shower. Um, yes and yes, yeah. So my language was clean. Yes, and my hygiene. There you was go. Probably a little bit better than these other guys, but they're great guys. Uh, this is a show that's produced by our buddy Anthony Crescenzo. Oh yes, from Devil's Den Comedy, yes. who helped us produce the Father's Day, the Bad to the Dad that Father's Day, Day special comedy yes. show. So that was good. Of course, we talked about Yom Kippur, and like you're all in with softball. I'm all in with uh, marching band right, and the yeah. pit crew and. We uh, hosted our own uh, invitational last That's night. That's right. So we had 14 bands come and my to West Orange High had, School. And uh, West Orange been allowed to compete, you know, your, your exhibition, but uh, I think you probably would have won that too. I have to say, and this is me being uh, polite and gracious, I th- when they performed last night, it was probably the best they had performed yeah. their show. And it's you about know. a 10-minute show. It's called Postcards from New York, so it's all of your favorite New York-themed songs, mm-hmm. including Empire State of Mind. Oh. Uh, Uptown Girl. Oh, nice. That's sort of the finale. Mm-hmm. New York, New York. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and New York State of Mind. Very so, nice. So, you know, to translate this into kind of marching music. Yes. 
uh, is is wild, and the kids have their own personalities. Like, well, plus this... you're in front of the home team crowd, so yeah. it's... Uh... Place was mob. Place was mob. All all the bands, you know, were great. Obviously, some better than others because you, it's a competition. Yeah. So <laughs> these kids are raised. And no, and no rain this year. It was cold, but no rain. It was cold. Yeah. And uh, I don't, do you feel like it's unseasonably cold? I, I think we. Now, this is when we start the, yeah. talking like old men. Yeah. Is it colder than it usually <laughs> I think is? I need Randy? a sweater. I think you need a sweater. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually I, I'm shorts, you know, I'm hundred percent shorts. Yeah. I'm trying to push, you it. know, uh, until November 1st. So that is my, yep. you know, I, from April 1st, November 1st, it's shorts yep. and I'm struggling. Uh-huh. Uh, like we got softball practice today yeah. and I'm not going with shorts. I got to go with pants. It's like 41 degrees outside. You're giving in. So you've turned the heat on in your house. Go figure. Yeah. No, you're he, not wearing shorts. No, it's just, uh, I, I, it's just, it's cold. It's, and it feels like we went from like a really hot summer yeah. to like, Late fall. Are you blaming climate change? Is this is this what we're doing? I right? am blaming Mother Nature. I yeah. don't care what it is Mother causing. Mother Nature is a mother. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. uh, it just it constantly reminds you, I don't care how great we think we are as human beings, there's still something much more powerful at play, and yeah. that's nature. No matter what we do, what we create, Mother Nature will always be more powerful. So that's, that's the way it goes. Yeah. That's the way it goes. I know that uh, something else that's really powerful is our story with our, our guest today. Yeah, this is a... A guest that you're familiar with, you've yes. actually been on tour with him. Is that a? a I wouldn't say so much too. I met him. Uh, we did a symposium together oh, wow. um, over the summer. That uh, sounds very academic. It and is. Serious. It is. Were, were you smoking pipes and wearing sweaters? <laughs> that was not what we were doing. But it's no. called uh, with the organization I'm involved with. I've been involved for a long time. It's called Nicer, the New York State Insurance Reciprocal. They're the one that supports uh, that provides insurance to all the schools in New York. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. And so uh, Brett Carruthers, shout out to Brett. Uh, who uh, we've known each other for quite some time, who brings me in to talk about bullying and sports and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a symposium, the first in-person symposium since the pandemic. Uh, he went with Jim Johnson as a keynote. Yeah. I was like, are you sure you want Jim Johnson? I mean, you know me, I've done the work, you know, but I think he went with a smart move. So Jim Johnson... Uh, Sounds like you were bucking for promotion. I, I was looking I was looking for the promotion, but I, I stepped back and said I played my role. Uh-huh. Team player. Oh, absolutely. Team player, and I uh, had a chance to meet Jim Johnson, who uh, um, has an incredible story about J-Mac, mm-hmm. uh, is the boy's name, who, uh, uh, and this is years ago, uh, where he coached a basketball team. I'll probably ask a little bit about his story, and J-Mac was, uh, came out for basketball every year, yeah, wanting to play, and uh, just didn't have the skill set. Mm-hmm. But Coach Jim, being the kind of coach he was, mm-hmm. uh, found a way to keep him involved. So it was his senior year, he said, listen, uh, J-Mac, truth is... I don't have a spot for you on the roster, skill-wise, but I'd love for you to be the team manager. Yeah. And so J-Mac says, I, I'm your guy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and what does J-Mac show? He shows up in a you know shirt and tie. Now he's manager. And he goes full out, just constantly. Hmm. Uh, and you can imagine his energy lifts the energy you know, of the rest of the players of the team. The kids get to know him. They see him as this incredible, uh, inspirational kid. Uh, and it's the uh, final game of the season, and Coach Johnson listen, J-Mac, uh, I'll do whatever I can to get you in the game. Uh-huh. You know, you've been here. Um, just understand, please don't take it personally, but if I can get you in, I'll get you in. Uh, and sure enough, the crowd is screaming for J-Mac to come in. Uh-huh. They, a bunch of the players came in with faces, you know, with on sticks of J-Mac. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. really quite a remarkable story. It, uh, he did end up winning an ESPY uh, yeah. way back when, you know, at the very beginning of ESPYs. Sure. Uh, the, the, the book he originally wrote was in 2011. Yeah. Updated in 2017 with a Ford by uh, Billy Donovan, so he's got a lot of praise. Um, I'll let him tell you the story about 
how he comes into oh, the game. You're doing a fabulous job, though, by uh, yourself. I you know, but you. how he comes into the game and yep. what he does. Uh-huh. Uh, and the crowd, let's just say at the end, just goes bananas for J-Mac. So what's amazing is this this book, I know there was a relationship yeah. that formed yeah. since J-Mac came to the team. Yeah. But this book is, is really about, like, one moment in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really about that one game. Yeah. And then... And he's parlayed it into a, a greatest thing about uh, life and mm-hmm. how the people we meet and sometimes how they inspire us to become better people. Yeah. And so he does a lot of stuff on leadership, so I'm sure he's going to talk a lot about leadership. I hope so. Uh, he's a he's a tremendous person. He's, he's a good networker. He is, I mean, he has reached out to me. He's connected me to people. So I'm looking forward to... Well, he found us at he, street level. Yeah. So, you know, he, you know, so, uh, <laughs> he's probably pretty good. Looking forward to talking about him. Um, and there is one more thing I want to do before I know that we have to get to our, our guest is we have a, a tremendous fan out there. Okay, let's and, talk about you know, that listen, fan. We, we, we are blessed with listeners. Yeah. You know, I know I've been in places before and like, oh, you're Kyo Trandy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. Like, And they're like, I want your autograph. Like, it's like that uh-huh. weird kind of sensation. Uh, we have uh, uh, a fan mm-hmm. who is not a dad, Uh huh. who has a dad. Okay. Right? Uh, uh, that's a nice he qualification. Is a, he is a, uh, a fellow camp mate and friend mm-hmm. of my daughter, Michaela, from Camp Ramah. Oh. And he is completely in. He is like 100% in on Bad of the Dad. Wow. So, so he's uh, like he's like a Warren Roth. You know, yes. Warren Roth is a local kid who loves Bad to the Dad. Mm-hmm. Hi, Warren, if you're listening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of our greatest supporters. Yeah. And so what I found is like he's he's gone into all of her. He listens to it. He texts you know Michaela loves this loves that. Josh Mayer. Josh Mayer. Hey Josh. Josh. Now I know Josh because now through Michaela mm-hmm. he has become friends with Perry. Uh-huh. But he doesn't call Perry Perry anymore. He calls Perry Adam D's daughter. Yes. Which is really <laughs> it's really uh, heartwarming for me because you matter. Well, for years I've been called Perry's Perry, dad, yeah, yeah, Perry's and dad. now she's Adam D's daughter. Yes. So the tables have turned. Yes. So uh, uh, last night there was this big camp reunion uh-huh. at a friend's house in Woodcliffe Lake. They all went to, and uh, he always gives me shout outs. She's like, he's he's been bucking for a promotion, right? <laughs> right. So Michaela brought him a uh, bat of the dad hat for the winter. Yep. Uh, and a, a keychain, which of course holds keys and opens. Hearts. Opens hearts and minds <laughs> yes. and bottles and, yes. and if you put keys on it, it'll open Absolutely. doors. So, uh, but you know he'll never take that hat yeah, off. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited and I think yeah. uh, I think we have a fan for life. So uh, shout out to Josh Mayer for being so uh, supportive in our efforts. Josh, thanks for being a listener and thanks for spreading the word about Bad to the Dad. So we've got Coach Jim Johnson talking about his book A Coach and a Miracle coming up next on Bad to the Dad. Keep it here. Hi everyone, Adam D here. You know, the North Jersey counties of Essex, Union, and Morris have become very popular because of their competitive school system, great parks, civic living, but the housing market has gotten red hot. So if you're planning on moving to these counties, you're going to want to have somebody on your side, a real strong advocate that knows the market and lives here too. And that is Idan Karen of the Stan K team, the top 1% of realtors in the area. You want to reach out to Adon? He is going to take care of you. You can contact him by phone at 516-730-4726, or you can find him on Instagram at Idan.Realtor. That's I-D-A-N dot Realtor on Instagram. Adon Karen from the Stan K team. You can't go wrong. 
We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. Social media, we know you like it. It's where you get your information, where you get your news about your friends and family, and maybe even news that's going on in the world. And how about using it to get some information about your favorite dad theme podcast? At Bad to the Dad is our handle for most social media platforms. You can see pictures of our, our guests, both past, present, and future. We've got a website because you still have to have one of those. Badtothedad.com is our website. You can find information about your hosts as well as information about our guests. You can also download the podcast off of our website if you're not an Apple podcast or Spotify kind of person. That's perfectly okay. And we're an interactive podcast, so please email us, and you can do that via email. Contact us at badtothedad.com. Once more, contact us at badtothedad.com. Dot com still waiting for those recipes those man-sized recipes uh, or you can dm us on any of our social media platforms that's at bad to the dad and bad to the dad.com coach randy thrilled to have a guest that's actually part of your professional life in jim johnson he is a former high school basketball coach a motivational speaker and the author of a coach and a miracle life lessons from a man who believe in an autistic boy. Coach Jim Johnson, great to have you on Bad to the Dead. Thanks for spending time with us. My Welcome. pleasure. Looking forward Thanks to it. Thanks so much for Thanks. being here, Jim. Appreciate it. Thanks, Randy. So, Jim, we were kind of talking before we started recording, talking, uh, talking, you know, shop, hoop shop, because uh, yeah. we're both basketball dudes. And I know that you are retired from the game as a coach, but uh, any involvement now, um, or have you completely walked away from, from coaching or being involved in the game? Well, I don't have any per se duty anymore, you know, like I because I was a coach for 35 years. I was a head coach for 30, but uh, my assistant, when I retired, took over for me. So I, I still, uh, you know, give him some time and I will go over some practice and go to some games. And then one of my other former assistants is a head coach of the town next to me. And I, I mentioned that uh, my nephew actually plays for him. So I, I, I'm still going to watch games and then, uh, I have one former player that's um, last year he played in the G League. They actually won the G League championship, and he had an opportunity to play for the Rockets the year before. So I try to keep you know in tabs of what he's doing as well. So. Mm -hmm. Yep, and I, I find it fascinating that you know you're you're from this town called uh, Greece, right? Greece, New York, upstate right. New York, and you were the coach of Greece Athena, which is where this whole story that we're going to get into unfolds. But you actually coached at two out of the three high schools in that town, which makes shopping in town probably very, very interesting, when, especially if you run into your former players. Yeah, absolutely. And then I guess if you add, although we've added a fourth high school, but when I grew up, there were three. Uh -huh. And I actually became the head coach of two of them. And I actually went to the other one. So I, I kind of, you know, because I'm an alumni of one of the schools I didn't ever become the head coach of and the other schools I was. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic when I go out, you know, to the supermarket or whatever uh, that people see me. Although it's interesting because I early in my career, I coached in a small town. And, you know, if I went anywhere in the small town, everyone knew me, even though I only coached there two years where I, you know, my town that I live in and grew up in has close to a hundred thousand people. And mm. it's amazing. I will still walk in places where people might know who I was, um, but uh, a lot of times I, I don't know a lot of people even like you know, I'll go to a local restaurant. Um, but then there's other times where I see a lot of people I know. So it's kind of interesting from that perspective. So Jim, 
you and I met not so long ago, a few right. months ago. Uh, we had the pleasure of uh, working for an organization called NICER with Beck, Brett Crothers. Yep. I gave him a, a shout out. And uh, um, I did not know much about you at the time, but I've since had a chance to uh, look at your book. And it's a remarkable story. Uh, and uh, J-Mac is quite an individual. Uh, and what I find is interesting, uh, and those who take a look at the book, um, it's, it's not like you knew it was going to happen. It wasn't like you knew it was going to happen, it was going to go on. What was it that compelled you at the time as a high school coach in 2006, if I'm correct, uh, just to be this high school basketball coach and be you? What was it that started off the story about J-Mac and uh, your, your, your road down to... Uh, the SB and everything else. What was it? Well, uh, I'll, I'll step back real quick and then I'll delve right into that. Is so that, you know, I grew up uh, in a sports family and my dad was my high school basketball coach. So, uh, you know, and I thought I was a really good player. Uh, in my mind, it was a lot better player than I think I actually was because I ended up not making my college team after playing one year of college. So uh, that was kind of a humbling experience, but I love basketball and, you know, I like working with young people. So I decided to be a teacher and a coach. And so going into the JMAC story, um, Jason came into our program as a sophomore and uh, for your listeners, he is on the autism spectrum. And when he came into our program, he was a little guy. He was like five, six, maybe 85 pounds soaking wet. And my assistant coach, the JV coach, because he tried out for the JVs, comes in after a few days of trials. He says, Coach, we got this young man. His name's Jason McElwain. I ended up ended up tagging his nickname J Mac because I couldn't pronounce his last name, and he liked the, the nickname, <laughs> so that kind of saved that saved face for me on that. But uh, uh, our, my JV coach said to me, you know, Coach, this young man uh, is not a very good player. Uh, he's got a lot of challenges but he fits a lot of the dimensions you talk about in picking a team. And the only one dimension he didn't have is the ability, but he had, he was a we over me guy. He uh, loved basketball. We're looking for passion in people. And he always wanted to get better. We call it the Kanai principle constant and never had any improvement. So he kept him as a team manager and uh, he would also sit on the bench for the varsity games. I just started to build this attraction because he loved basketball so much. And so, but what made him so unique was not his challenges, but for me, I was a head coach for 30 years. I, I could put on maybe five or six student athletes that I had my whole career. If they didn't make the team, they would try out again. And, and that was like five or six. And it, was, it would only happen twice. So they got cut twice. It Jason was completely different. He gets cut his sophomore year, serves as our team manager, goes to all our off-season workouts. Now I'm picking up at his house and we were always talking basketball. You know, and he tries out for the varsity as a junior. He doesn't make it, but I offer him the team manager job. Again, he does everything for our program. He goes to all our off-season workouts again between his junior and senior year. And he comes out as senior and, you know, our program was pretty strong. So I, I knew, you know, he, he wasn't going to be able to make the team, but I just loved his passion, his desire. And so his senior, when he came into the office during our tryouts, I said, Jason, unfortunately, you're not quite good enough to make the team, but I want to give you a gift. And, and he looked at me, he was like, well, what do you mean? I said, 
you know, for senior night, uh, which is our final home game, I'm going to give you a uniform and hopefully get you in the game. And uh, so he was pretty excited. In fact, I kid people that periodically he would ask me about the uniform during the season. And of course, I define periodically as about every other day. <laughs> so he was pretty, <laughs> pretty pumped up. Uh, but, uh, you know, I know, Randy, you uh, at least looked at my book. Uh, the interesting thing about that season was we were expected to have a really good team. We started off 2-0, but then we really uh, had a lot of adversity. We had a, uh, some real issues that divided the team, and we went through a tailspin where we lost three out of our next five games. And Jason was kind of our rock. And we, we fortunately, at Christmas, we had kind of a heart-to-heart -heart team meeting, and the kids started to come back together, and then we got some momentum. Uh, and so – February 15th was our final home game and we ended up having a fairly decent season, but the crazy season part of it, the first half of the season was like the worst uh, half first part of a season that I ever had in my entire career you know, since then or before that. And then the last part uh, was incredible because, uh, you know, I ended up putting Jason in the game with just over four minutes to go. First time he gets the ball, he shoots a three pointer from the corner it doesn't even come close. And as I kid people, I know you're not supposed to pray in the public schools, but I was praying, dear God, please help him get one basket. He misses his second shot, but this time he hits the rim and then he makes a three. And I'm thinking, God must be a basketball fan. Not only scored, he's got a three pointer. It can't get better than this. And as I kid people, cause his idol was the late great Kobe Bryant. And he ends up start playing like Kobe. He starts making shot after shot. And even uh, the two things I'll never forget with about a minute to go, I'm sitting on the bench, tears are flowing down my face. I can't believe what I'm watching. And I actually get a tap on my shoulder and I'm in shock because I don't ever get touched when I'm on the bench. And I turn around, it's Jason's mother and she gives me a big hug and she whispers in my ear, coach, this is the best gift you could ever give my son. Of course, what would you have done if you heard that? I cried harder. I was like, oh my God. And then how the game ends, our opponents, Spencerport that night, they were really good sports. They score with about 10 seconds to go. And our player takes it out. Normally, you would throw it to a point guard. He throws it right to Jason. And when he's dribbling down the court, I think they're just going to let him go in and make a short shot. He pulls up like two feet behind the arc, almost the NBA three. I'm thinking to myself, Jason, don't shoot from that. That's way too far. You're going to ruin this moment. Swish. He launches the rainbow <laughs> right in. And the place just erupts and runs on the floor. And the only thing I'm thinking is that this is like a movie, Rudy. I mean, it was yeah. incredible. And our players put him up on their shoulders. And I'll never forget it. At that point, I had no idea how many points he has. And our public address announcer comes on and says, the leading scorer for the Trojans tonight, J-Mac, with 20 points. And so he 20, scored 20 points in literally three minutes. I mean, it was wow. Uh, and the last thing I'll say, just to put a closure, well, the two little closures is we had never won our sectional championship before that year. And that was kind of Jason's dream. He wanted to be part of a championship. And of course, uh, after a few days, the, the media got wind of it. And we, we were getting calls from all over the world. It was crazy. And interesting, three weeks after that game, we ended up winning our first section five championship. The arena was sold out. Normally, we don't sell our arenas out, but because we, the stories became so popular. And then the last thing I'll say is, you know, I mentioned Kobe was Jason's idol. Five months after that, Jason's up for the ESPY for the greatest sports moment of the year. And one of the other finalists is Kobe Bryant. Kobe had scored 81 points in an NBA game. And so he's up against his idol and he actually beat his idol for the ESPY. So wow. that was a pretty cool wow. finish to that. So, so Jim, 
and we're speaking with Jim Johnson, the author of A Coach and a Miracle. You had never seen J-Mac practice. You had never seen him shoot, right, uh, during practices. No, would... no, I, 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 I want to clarify that because the, I actually saw him uh, many times. Now, mm-hmm. you know, and when he came to practice, he would do shooting drills with us. And, and he were, but he, remember, he came to all our off-season workouts. So, so I saw him all the time. He would play in summer league games. And so... I I knew a lot about him, mm-hmm. uh, so that's why I called it a coach and a miracle because I did see him play a lot. Oh, but he but he had never had a game like this even. Oh, in, I mean, you know, if he even scored a basket in a summer uh-huh. game, that was like a great thrill for all of oh. us. You know, so it was uh, yeah, great moment. You know, so Jim, uh, I've been around youth sports for 30, 30 plus years, and I find it amazing. It's a remarkable story. It's not as if you planned this. It's not as if you said, you know, I see the situation. It's going to end up being this great story. I have a chance to win an SB. It just happened because of who you are as a person, as a coach. It wasn't a forethought. It wasn't the idea that, you know, this is not going to happen. What do you think it was in the moment for you to be able to have the wherewithal to say, listen, you're not going to necessarily be able to play, comma, but... I do think you're part of the team. How did you go about that? What was it? Well, I think, you know, he just was one of us in the sense that he just, he was as passionate as any player, if not more, about the team's success. That was the thing I admired about him, uh, you know, to the highest level, is he he would do anything for his teammates. He would always come to practice early. He would bring snacks to the kids. He'd stay after practice and shoot with guys. He would rebound for them. So that's like, and you know, it was really cool because I mentioned we had a lot of strife. And so there was um, some dividedness. And, you know, we had started Unite Better, but probably the warmest thing that it happened to me was that I, I wasn't sure how the kids, they wanted him to play. But I wasn't sure how they were going to respond. And out of their own hearts, they ended up passing the ball to him every possession. In fact, I still kid Jason to this day. I go, J-Mac, I'm still looking for your first assist. You never passed the ball once. Uh, but uh, that, that warmed my heart extreme, you know, because to me, that was the essence of teamwork, when you can shine the light on one of your teammates. Jim, as you know, because we were talking before the recording. Yep. I do a lot of work in training and in leadership on the corporate side. Right. And, you know, one of the most, you know, amplified arenas of, of training and awareness and in, in, in the corporate, what I'm sure in education too, is this yeah. whole thing about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Right. And I know it's very easy for people's brains to boomerang to racial diversity or gender diversity, equity, and inclusion, and maybe not a disability, a mental disability, or, or a condition like autism. And I know that this event, right, this this great moment happened back in 2006. Right. But I think that the story, just because of all this conversation around DE&I, is you know, probably just as prevalent, if not more prevalent now. So do you get a lot of that kind of feedback? Yeah, I do. In fact, I- it's interesting you brought that up because uh, I just started uh, because start, people started to ask me more and more about, you know, are, are you, you talking about inclusion? And I really hadn't done much. So I actually developed a presentation on inclusion from the perspective of, uh, you know, not too much of uh, 
because uh, I coach the boys basketball team, so there's not too much with gender, but it's, it has to do with basically, I, I give some keys on how I pick my team. I give me keys on how we uh, really celebrated our successes. And I also gave them uh, some keys on how we developed our mission and how we try to live our mission each day. So they were leadership tips, but really trying to share how we've made Jason feel included and then, you know, his response to everything. You know, Jim, what I found fascinating is concept of leadership. And I know that you talk about, I think it, it's seven leadership principles. Yeah. Again, at the time this was going on, did you think to yourself, hey, I'm a leader, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, or what else was going on in order for you to connect and create the situation for JMAC? Well, I, you know, I think when you talk about leadership principles, those are the things I tried to live consistently, you know, and something that I was really trying to share with our program on a daily basis, you know, of, of you know, what, first of all, our mission, uh, you know, I, I always talk to people about, you know, in, in leadership, the first person you got to lead is yourself. So I think you got a clarity about who you are and, you know, your why, your life. I call that having your own personal mission statement. At that point in my life, I was pretty clear on what I was all about. And then secondly, is we, we you know, we really developed our team mission is I, we, we wanted to develop winners on and off the court. And that was my job. I always tell leaders that you're the chief reminding officer. You know, you gotta be living that mission. You gotta be sharing that mission. Uh, and that's something we try to consistently do. Um, because when you do that, then you build, you know, one of the major keys I think in building team is the ability to build trust. And, you know, when I ask an audience, is trust important in a team? You know, 100%, everybody. But then I challenge them because I'll say, well, how many of you have an intentional trust program? Because, you know, we took over. Uh, I mentioned uh, before we went on air that, you know, my first job, I got fired. Uh, after one year, because I did such a great job, I led that team to a one in 18 record. Uh, <laughs> and... But then, you know, I was fortunate. I took over three other programs that all had been losing and we were fortunate to turn them all around. And we ended up, in fact, my last 23 years on coaching, we, we didn't have a losing season. So we were able to turn things around and, and that had a lot to do with building trust. But I really challenge leaders that I think you got to have an intentional program. And we talk about three keys and building trust that we were going to line our words and actions. You know, and I think this is something dads need to do. You know, if you, you say to your son or daughter one thing and you do another thing, that's not aligning. And, and you know, that's going to hurt your trust with your kids, going to hurt your trust with your, you know, the team I was building as high school kids and certainly it will hurt, hurt in business. Second thing is, I think, uh, you know, and again, I think this is really relatable to, to dads is, is the ability to tell each other the truth. Can you tell your kids the truth? Can they tell, tell each other the truth? Uh, and then the third thing is, is uh, you know, one thing we really try to focus because we took over three programs have been losing is I think you got to catch people doing right things consistently and praise them with consistent praise and clarity of praise. And what I mean by that is instead of just saying, nice job, Johnny, I'd say, hey, Johnny, that was awesome how you dove on the floor for a loose ball. That's what championship players do for championship teams. So you're trying to build that thought process of what it takes to build a championship level team. And so as a basketball coach, it sounds like you're a dad and we're a dad show. Yep. 
Um, real quickly, um, what's your role as a dad and kids? What do you have? So I just have one son. Uh, and uh, it's, it's interesting because uh, I've, I learned a ton, certainly from my parents, but I also learned a ton because I coached a lot of kids. I mean, I coached basketball for 35 years, but I also coached other sports. And I did a lot of observing and figured out things that what I really liked of you know parents and obviously being a male, I, I studied uh, the dads more than I did the moms, although I <laughs> certainly would watch both. Uh, you know, and, and just things like, um, you know, are they a good example? Uh, you know, one of the things I always saw to my wife is I, I'm not going to live my life through my son. I'm going to love my son. Uh, but, you know, I, I kind of chuckle is that, you know, I was huge in sports. I was a, a coach. He came to a lot of my games, but he didn't really like sports. He was into the theater. And so, you know, things that I, I was not big in, but, you know, I'm, I'll never forget. We won a big game. It was a, a Friday night game, and I immediately went down after the game and watched him in a performance in his play. Uh, and I was a proud papa, you know, seeing him. He was one of the leads in the play uh, after we, we just won a game, uh, you know, on the basketball court. So uh, I think, you know, those are things that uh, – one of the things we always told our players, and I always told my son, is you are always on stage. But as the parent, you always got to remember you're always on stage, and they're always watching what you do. And so if you're not a good leader by example, uh, which is one of the keys I talk about in leadership as well, um, then that's something that's really going to go back and hurt your trust, you know, both as a parent, both as a coach, uh, you know, any type of leadership situation. We're talking to Jim Johnson, a former high school basketball coach and author of A Coach and a Miracle. And we'll talk a little bit about the book where you can get the book a little later on, but Jim, I always love those stories. I think they're neat where the dad is, you know, just this luminary in one profession, right? Respected, accomplished, award-winning, and then the children, or at least one of the children, complete opposite. But at least they pursued something they were passionate about, and they got the support from that luminary in, in another discipline. So always good to hear about those stories, and you didn't push him into basketball, you still supported him in, in what he did. Um, he's, he's an adult young man right now. Um, so what do you like to do with your son? And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that he's, you know, of, of an age where he still wants to see you and spend time with you and learn from you. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, uh, he lives in California, so it's a little tricky. He, uh, he went to law school out in Pepperdine, uh, as I kid people, um, uh, fortunately, he started to gather my love of reading, uh, but I became much more an avid reader in my adult. I, I was more of a reading the sports page in Sports Illustrated when I was a kid. And so, uh, but he would read, you know, big novels and, and things that I didn't tackle when I was his age. Uh, but that's probably the reason, that, you know, as I kidded you before we got on that, uh, you know, I graduated from college with, with a degree called Thank You Lottie. And my son graduated with what we call a magnum cum laude. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, so we, but you know, so he really excelled academically. He got one B plus in his entire high school career, and for me, a B plus was pretty darn good grade. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we, uh, uh, but uh, the bell curve in the Johnson house. Yes, exactly. But uh, mm -hmm. you know, so he he excelled in a lot of things that I didn't initially, but I think because of my own personal growth, I think he really fed off a lot of things. Um, you know, and even though he, um, 
my wife and I were both, you know, physical education teachers, and we were both, and we were both extremely still active. And it was kind of neat, even though he did play some sports, but he, but now, you know, he, he works out pretty much every day, which is kind of neat, you know, he's taking care of himself. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, some of the things that I learned later in life, like, you know, how to become financial and independent, you know, we talk about that, you know, because um, as an attorney, he makes a lot more money than I did as a teacher. So he's got to get some understanding of how, how to make sure that he's making good choices with his money. So, you know, Jim, what I think is fascinating is how we grow up. Um, I guess at some point, there was some life experience that pushed you towards the world of basketball and want to be a coach and wanted to coach basketball. What exactly was that in your life and, and why become a basketball coach? Well, I think it had a lot to do, you know, my dad was a major role model for me and he was, you know, he played a lot of sports. And when I was growing up, uh, we were out playing everything. Uh, in fact, it's, you know, a little quick sidelight, you know, I coached some really good basketball players, especially my last 15 years. But some of them, you know, uh, didn't, weren't very good in some other sports. And uh, where I, you know, I wasn't as good as a lot of these guys in playing basketball, but I could do a lot of different things because I played them as a kid and they're not as playing as many sports. So, um, so how ask your question specifically, though, growing up, I was more into baseball. But then my dad took over as a head coach at the high school I was going to uh, when I was in seventh grade. And I was like, I'm going to play for my dad someday. And, and uh, so I, I really started to invest a lot of time into basketball. And I was the oldest of six. And we, I had three younger brothers. And the ironic thing is after, I guess, I, I, I wore my dad down because I played for him for three years. So after my senior, uh, my, uh, he actually left and became an athletic director. So uh, my three brothers all played for the coach that took over for him. Uh, but, uh, uh, but, you know, that that's part of my life just spurred. I just had a great passion for the game of basketball. And I just love what my dad did, you know, like uh, he'd go over on the weekends and take us to the gym and, he, you know, he would do work at the school while we were, you know, playing and that kind of thing. So to me, that, that it ended up being a really good fit for me. Jim, I, I have to ask you, um, where's J-Mac now? What's he doing? So J-Mac actually, uh, uh, fortunately, he had a pretty serious accident uh, in, uh, a couple months ago. He uh, got hit by a car while he was he riding his bike, uh, and he, uh, he he was in the hospital for about eight days. Uh, he broke like nine ribs and uh, collarbone and fractured his jawbone and had a collapsed lung. So, uh, but fortunately, the good news he he uh, he followed uh, the guidelines where he had a helmet and he also is extremely fit. Uh, so he, he's, he's totally recovered. The neat thing is after that year, he actually uh, stayed out of our program for a couple of years. And then he came back in the office and, I, you know, and he said, coach, I really miss the program. Can I come back and, and mm -hmm. be part of it again? And so my last eight years in coaching, he was like my volunteer assistant and became one of my right-hand men. And uh, in fact, it was funny because, you know, when I, and during that period, I was, I was speaking on the side and I'd go to some city to speak and they said, do you ever see J-Mac? And I said, well, I see him every single day in the days I don't, I get text 12 times <laughs> and I got to <laughs> show my phone. Uh, so, you know, through the pandemic, it was hard because obviously, you know, you didn't see people, but now I'm back seeing them and, um, you know, we, we, we still talk quite a bit. So, 
the last part I'll share is uh, in that game, he was 5'9", maybe 115 pounds. He's now six foot two, about oh, 170 wow. pounds. I was wondering if he would grow because his mom and dad have an interesting dynamic. His dad is six foot six and his mom was five foot two. So, but he ended up getting a growth spurt and he was actually just an average runner in high school. But with that added strength and, uh, and maturity, he's actually broke three hours in the Boston Marathon. In fact, I share that story in some of my presentations of how we went through the goal setting uh, and just strictly amazing because the kid never uh, ceases to amaze me and some of the things he can do in his life. Just got to give people a shot. You never know, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, regardless of what they, they look like on the surface. Again, Jim Johnson, our guest, A Coach and a Miracle is the name of the book, Life Lessons from a Man Who Believed in an Autistic Boy. And Jim, I know that you have released a, a few different editions of this. And of course, the book is touted by a few uh, celebrities in sports, which is great. Yeah. Where where can people find this? Is this uh, strictly uh, an Amazon find? Or? Uh, actually, uh, you know what? Amazon, because uh, we actually uh, redid the book. And so actually, we sell it mostly through my speaking and, and okay. my web website now. Uh, mm -hmm. It was originally on Amazon uh, and the hardcover. So uh, uh, but uh, we we when I retired in 2016, I decided to do an apple, an extra epilogue on it. And we put it in paperback and that's what we sell. So it's on my website, coachjimjohnson.com. I also have a lot of free stuff for people who want to go on. Uh, I have a, a monthly newsletter, a weekly blog that's all for free that they can sign up for. And I have a, I have a YouTube channel as well. We share different things. So, and if I can ever help any of your listeners, uh, yeah. uh, all my presentations and things I do to, to help uh, both. I speak mostly to, to uh, businesses, schools, and colleges. So those are kind of my three main areas. So the question remains, uh, Jim, uh, where would you be, what would you like be without having met JMAC? Ooh, that's a great question. You know what? I don't know if I've ever been asked that either. So, uh, Randy, I, I, I admire your question there. You know what? I, I, uh, that, it, you know, obviously uh, you can always look in the crystal ball and say, uh, certainly I, you know, I, I don't think I would have traveled the country speaking, uh, because, you know, uh, you know, I got the signature story. Um, you know, the thing that uh, I'll, I'll say for J-Mac is he just helped me so much in life and, you know, figuring out perspective and, you know, really, uh, you know, because you talk about, you know, your podcast being dads, you know, a lot of ways he almost felt like a second son to me because we did so much together there for that long period of time. Uh, and so I, uh, I, I've just really thoroughly enjoyed you know, I, I, we had been fairly successful and I don't know, uh, you know, how many, because the crazy thing is I, I kid people that I'll, I'll run them out to you because, uh, you know, it took me 24 years be, in coaching before we won our first sectional championship. And then in my last 11 years, we got to the finals eight times and won six. Hmm. And, and he was on my side for most of those. So I always kid people for a small fee, I will run them out to you because he's a pretty good luck charm for me. Uh so, you know, I mean, it's obviously hard to say. Uh, the one thing I always say, Randy, is that uh, uh, that that game certainly was my proudest moment in coaching. Uh, and in fact, one of my presentations that I share, uh, I, I end it by saying the ironic thing is 
after that season, Jason's season, people would ask him what was the best thing about your season. He always say it was winning the section five championship. And, you know, when I've reflected back to my career, I was fortunate to be a coach of six championship teams. And, and yet the best thing in my coaching career that ever happened was Jason's night. You know, that just by far, it touched my heart deeper than anything possible. Um, so I, I just feel blessed that I was gonna, got a chance to, but uh, at the same side, I always say that uh, in my heart, I felt they did it for the right reasons. We had no media there. In fact, I, you know, I've told this a lot. I'll tell very quickly that the next day at school, uh, because it, 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 back then, you know, the one job I had with the media is after the game, you'd have to call it into our local newspaper and basically give a box score and share a little about the game. And I was all excited. I thought they would give a headline because, you know, it's not a typical thing when your team manager gets in a game and scores 20 points, right? And they didn't make much of a deal about it. And so uh, the kids, the next day, I always kid people, I didn't do much teaching at the school. We watched a game film the whole day and uh, kids were coming up and go, coach, this is gonna get on ESPN. And I said, ESPN, and we get a headline there, Democrat and Chronicle. And, uh, but what actually happened is Jason's speech pathologist, uh, he had worked with Jason for four years. He, he, he didn't do much coming to games, but he came to that game and he called one of our TV stations the next day and they borrowed the video. And within three days, it exploded all over the world. It was, I mean, we went from, you know, really an unknown thing that I was like, you were seeing yourself on TV almost every day for like three straight weeks. It was crazy. So. You know, and that's what I love about this story, Jim. That's, it's so authentic. It's so genuine. Uh, and I know you're a man of faith. Uh, and I know that uh, your faith is very important to you. Yep. Uh, and that... All this stuff did not happen by accident. It's because of who you are, your principles, and your values. One thing we have here on Bad of Dad is something called Dad Vice, where we uh, offer advice for dads. Uh, taking this whole story and everything else, what kind of uh, dad advice do you have for our dads out there as it pertains to this particular life experience you have as a basketball coach and a father? Well, I, I hate to, but you said it so well, I'm going to be a little bit redundant, but I think the huge thing in, in being a dad is living your, getting clarity of your values, clarity of your mission, and clarity of how you're going to try to live your day each day, and, and really coming up and, and always coming back to that thing that, uh, because it bothers me, you know, because I watch still a lot of sports on TV when people are poor examples um, for our young people. And that's something I really, you know, that was part of my mission statement is I wanted to be an outstanding role model. And I'm not perfect. I've had my problems like everybody else. Uh, but I, I think the more that as a dad, that you can be the model for your children of, you know, living life in a, in a, in a way that you're living it with integrity uh, you know, one of the great quotes I always used to tell my players is when you think of a person with integrity, wouldn't it be great if they thought of you? And I think that could be the best advice I could give all the dads is, you know, is are you the person of integrity that what you say and what you do align consistently? And, and are you someone that your kids should want to follow you because you're a great model for them? Our guest on Bad to the Dad today has been Jim Johnson, former high school basketball coach, excellent speaker. I recommend that you seek him out and book him. 
He's also the author, of course, of A Coach in a Miracle, Life Lessons from a Man Who Believed in an Autistic Boy. And of course, we heard the story and the positive aftermath from that. And, uh, you know, Jim, this is, and Coach Randy, this is, you know, one of those stories where if we had another half an hour, we would just keep going. I would talk hoops with Jim for probably <laughs> another 45 minutes, but I think there's probably even more sub stories to come out of this that that we could delve into and, and maybe we'll have you back on uh, Jim it uh, this this was an amazing pleasure but before we head out one more time your website and maybe where we can find you on social media other places yeah, so uh, uh, it's coachjimjohnson.com and I'm not afraid if anybody wants to personally reach out to me I can give you uh, you can put in the show notes my personal email which you guys have which is jjhoops at rochester.rr.com uh, but you know, all the information that you want to get, I, I do have a lady that works with me, uh, between the two of us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And if I could support you in some way, I, I like to do that. So, um, so certainly from that perspective, Jim Johnson, our guest on bad to the dad, thanks so much for making the time. It was great having you on. My pleasure. Uh, great to meet you, Adam. And uh, I, I'd love to continue. You know, I could talk sports with you. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe maybe my side hustle, my other podcast, if it ever comes <laughs> to fruition. We'd love to have you. Right. We are, we are bad to the dad. Download us wherever you find podcasts. Hi, everyone. Adam D here. You know that Bone Daddy logo that graces all of our social media accounts and some of our swag, too? That is the work of Berman Branding, led by Becky Berman. Becky does a phenomenal job with graphic design. She knows her way around a website, but she does so much more. She's also a web strategist and can help your business, small, medium, or large, have a much stronger presence. She'll give you some great ideas as to how to get your brand in front of the eyeballs of your target audience. So visit Becky's Instagram site, at Berman Branding. You can also check out her website, www.bermanbranding.com. It's Berman Branding for all of your graphic design, web design, social media, and marketing strategies. Berman Branding. Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. First, want to thank our sponsors one more time. Berman Branding, for all of your marketing, graphic design, web design, and marketing strategy needs, reach out to Becky Berman at Berman Branding. You can find them on social media, at Berman Branding. And of course, Idan Karen of the Stan K team, top 1% realtors in North Jersey, specializing on home sales in Essex, Morris and Union Counties. You want to learn more about Idan and the Stan K team? You can find him on social media. And on Instagram, he's at Idan.Realtor. That's at Idan.Realtor. Idan spelled I-D-A-N. That's I-D-A-N. Idan Karen of the Stan K team. Jim Johnson, author, basketball coach, motivational speaker, I can see the allure, Coach. I can see why you want cool to have story, him right? on. Yeah. No, I'm, uh... why, why did it take us so long to get this guy on? Did we just not think about it? <clears throat> well, I've always thought about it. Available? No, we just, uh, well, listen, we've had great guests so far. Yeah, yeah. And when you have great guests, it's trying to figure things out. Uh, 
One thing uh, Coach Josh says, Jim is very good at networking and following up. He just, out of the blue, just uh, said, listen, just want to check in, see how you're doing. He has given my book, uh-huh. Bullying in Sports, uh, some mad props on LinkedIn. Uh, he just yeah. did it this past week. Oh, and he I'm did? Like, yeah. And Bullying in Sports, yeah. still available on Amazon. A- Amazon, right? absolutely. Yep. Uh, buy them in bulk. <laughs> buy them in bulk, send it to us. Coach Randy will sign a I'm copy. I'm happy to sign. I'm speaking, uh, of course, on Coach Randy's behalf, but I know he'll do it. Yes. Uh, and uh, so I, I I know that we were talking about guests. I'm like, we got to get Jim on. Maybe this weekend we can do it. And sure enough, because he lives, he doesn't live in our area. So it's going to be, uh, we had to get him on Zoom. Yeah, that's all right. Which is what we've done through the pandemic, learned to do it. Um, but he is a unique individual who I believe never intended to set out to create a story, mm-hmm. was just a good person, a good coach who did the right thing at the right time that reminds us that there are many, very, very many good people in this world yeah. that do things for all the right reasons. And like I said in the interview, stories like this mm-hmm. are you know, no more powerful than they are today because mm-hmm. we're putting so much of a spotlight on mm-hmm. diversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, equity and inclusion, mm-hmm. inclusion, and you know we talk about diversity and inclusion and equity. Uh, so often we talk about like race, yeah. and gender, but we don't talk about disabilities, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mental health conditions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a great story that obviously pushes conditions like that to the well, forefront. And so I'm so glad he joined us. Uh, inspirational story. He uh, he was the keynote. I was not. Yeah. Uh, but you can tell his story is... Uh, but you're a tremendous slouch, Coach. <laughs> but his uh, his story is uh, very compelling. And as I sat and watched him and listened, uh, uh, I learned a lot yeah. and reminded me why I do what I do. And that uh, it was really nice to have him. So um, thanks for getting him on. I know we have uh, uh, lots of uh, other guests coming up. But before we get to that, yeah. last week you, you made a commitment every year on the, uh, the eve of our... Jewish holiday about you're going, you've done your comedy, you've done other pieces. You want to be, you're doing some cooking, right? This is your, uh, well, your new vent- I'm, venture. I'm, I'm trying and, you know, I'm certainly looking for a little help from our listeners. So yeah. listeners who haven't downloaded last week's episode, which was episode four, uh, please do. But I'll reiterate the challenge. Mm-hmm. So as coach said, every year, whether it's in the Jewish New Year, or the secular New Year, I like to do something different. That uh, pushes pushes my limits a little bit. And it's not to say that cooking is gonna like push my limits. It's not extreme, but it's at least something different and something creative. And what I like about cooking is it's something I can do for other people. So I had asked listeners to send in recipes, yeah. and I got a couple of recipes. No so, kidding, you got yeah, some recipes. Yeah, there's a, a dude out there who we're gonna have on Bad to the Dad. Yes, um, this guy is actually a music producer. Mm-hmm. He goes by Mr. Boo Daddy, Boo but Daddy. his name is. Jeff Fagens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mr. Boo Daddy, he does albums. He calls himself Beastie Boys for Babies. Oh, that's right. Beastie Boys for Babies. So cool, so yeah. neat. And mm-hmm. if you go to Mr. at Mr. Boo Daddy, you'll actually hear samples of some of the songs. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a riot, so I can't wait to have this guy on. Mm-hmm. I know we've sort of had the music thing already uh, at the beginning of our season, but this is a different kind of music, this so we've got to have Jeff on. Music. This is a, this is. I can't wait to see because uh, Beastie Boys is a uh, well. Yeah, I love the Beastie Boys. Yeah, so. and then you know I I I raised babies yes. to become you know teenagers who mumble. Yes. So uh, this is this is going to be great. So uh, Mr. Boo Daddy Jeff had actually sent in a recipe: truffle mushroom burgers, and he said he was going to make that the night I had posted the the call. Truffle to mushroom burgers. Yeah. So you got it's either the truffle sauce, mushrooms, yeah. in your meat. Or it's a truffle mushroom, which I have to imagine is pretty hard to get, maybe a little expensive. 
when Jeff comes on, we're going to ask him a little more about that. And then, you know, I've been getting other submissions around, you know, quesadillas and making your own pizzas, <laughs> which thank you very much. <laughs> I, I, I could probably pull that off, you know, and maybe I'm being too ambitious. Maybe I'm asking for something too exotic. Well, I mean, what, are you, what are you looking for? Are you looking like uh, escargot? No, You're looking for... no I, I wouldn't even eat that. Yeah. <laughs> but, some, but something like, I don't know, a different way to do lasagna like, is a different way to do chicken. You know, banana, bananas flambe. I mean, you're looking yeah. to, you know, I mean, how... How deep you look. Well, if I do go. something like that, I'm doing it in your house. Yeah, <laughs> because if I mess it up, I'd rather it happen in your kitchen than in mine. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, you know, I, I, what I think you're saying is something more advanced than you know grilled wings. cheese <laughs> than the wings, and right? Wing, and yeah, wings is as you know is my yeah, specialty. It's your specialty. We, we have the yeah. Feth recipe, yeah. which is you know flour, eggs, flour, flour, eggs, but, flour. But you know, uh, you're not talking like some kind of special French toast. You know. So yeah. what I think you're looking for is. You're not looking at the eight-course meal that requires some kind of... Well, maybe you are. Do you watch the cooking shows? Yeah, I, mean, I do, but I, I don't really need to do eight courses. I yeah. like to do one course really, really well. And, and you know, maybe I'll provide a little more guidance. Um, you know, what's something that an amateur... Like, like chicken marsala? Chicken marsala would be ghetto, and, and my wife makes that... A chicken awesome. franchise? Yes. I mean, what, I mean, chicken parm, is that is that a little... Too, is that, is that in your wheelhouse already? Yeah, you know, I, I, I probably wouldn't do that. But, you know, a franchise, definitely mm-hmm. a marsala. Mm-hmm. Um, other ways to bread chicken. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, you, I'll give you even more guidance. How about something I can cook in a skillet? Ooh. Something I can cook in uh, an air fryer that isn't just like the frozen french chicken nuggets <laughs> or french fries. Because <laughs> yeah. from what I understand, there, there, there's people who do a lot of really good food prepara- mm-hmm. preparation. And then they put the food in the air fryer, okay. and it comes out amazing. So you're looking like maybe cooking a steak not on the grill, but in a skillet with a various skillet. kind of oils and, and different... Other uh, accoutrements. Yes. Accoutrements. Yeah. Now, this is where my novice really comes out. Now, I, I could go to my wife, who mm-hmm. has a roll of that No, no, no with we're not doing recipes. that. We're not going there. You're, this is your, your, your man yeah. time. This is on yeah. your... Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking for, like, man-styled... Man-splained recipes. Man-splained There's a book. Man-splained, man-splained recipes. recipes. Here. Copyrighted night right now. Right. We got to put together man-splained a cookbook, recipe. mansplain recipes, so, like, and all the recipes would be from the listener. I yeah, think that would be a really be like, cool concept. I, I, that's like, I think we got something to go on. Mansplain recipes. That, that is <laughs> dad advice and uh, mansplain recipes. We've got so many books that we can write. Yeah. We just have to figure out when. Yeah, and and speaking of which, a lot of our future guests mm-hmm. are going to have something to do with food. Yeah, we got a guy who manages or assistant manages a jersey mics i'm curious to hear what goes on behind you got the a guy that's like the that's like the fastest growing you know deli food chain i love to hear about that mm-hmm. uh, i got a buddy of mine who is on the pit crew and band mm-hmm. he owns a charcuterie store in montclair new jersey which is all the rage charcuterie so, charcuterie so these are boards like food boards like the kind of boards you would bring to a uh, a, a home, a friend's home, and he does like sausage, he does cheeses, he does vegan stuff. Oh, okay, boards, okay, boards, like like cheese dish. Yeah, it's yeah. like a fancy word for yeah for something charcuterie. I've never yeah. heard that word before. It's like when you made fun of me uh, when I said, "Can you put that on the credenza?" And you said, "A credenza? Is that how we're talking now, Adam?" Uh, I don't know if I was making fun of you. I was no, just you were. Really, you were. I, I was just acknowledging you know, the the fancy. There was emotional knifing going on. I know it was good natured, but yes. you know, I said credenza, and you said, "Well, why don't you just put it on the table or yeah. whatever?" Yeah. But kind of yeah. like crudite when it's just basically vegetables. Yeah, and so charcuterie and crudite is sort of along those same very lines. Nice. That's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, got a guy who is working for a very popular airline mm-hmm. in guest relations. Oh wow! wow. <laughs> you know, you you thought our 
interview with the Board of Ed guy last year <clears throat> yeah. or something. I mean, you know, this guy obviously has a lot of heavy lifting so to do. We, so. we still got a lot to go. We got about another half season left, right? We do indeed. Right? We do indeed. So stay with us. Uh, still a great full season coming at you on Bad to the Dad. So dads, listeners, thanks for listening and have a great week. Thank <laughs> you.